Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 39. So today is the second part in our curiosity double bill. Last week, if you remember, I talked about how to foster curiosity with your groups and gave you three ways to think about how you can cultivate more curiosity amongst your participants. So do go back and listen to part one, that's episode 38, if you haven't already. Now in today's episode, part two, I'm talking about how we can stay curious ourselves as educators. But before that, if you'd like to be a supporter of the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks for all your support so far. The show notes are also available on my website. That's thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 39. So now let's get on with today's show. So as we get older, we ask fewer questions. We wonder less. We're less curious. Now, I've seen this in the past with groups in museums. The primary school children, they're full of questions, full of ideas. But by secondary school, you have to work so much harder to pique their curiosity. And with adults, it's a very similar story. They've basically stopped asking questions. Now, we pester our parents with why and what if questions for the first few years of our lives as we try to understand how things work. We're busy learning and we hit our curiosity peak around the age of four. We also hit our questioning peak there too. Preschool children ask their parents on average about 100 questions a day. I remember it very well. Now, we don't lose the ability to be curious. We just don't use it or exercise it as much. Further on in life, people tend to expect answers rather than questions. But staying curious and wondering keeps your mind active and strong. It makes you more receptive to new ideas. It opens up new worlds and possibilities and it brings excitement into your life. Now, likewise, in our work as educators, teachers and guides, we need to keep curious ourselves in order to keep creating imaginative and lively programmes, guided tours, discussions and more. We need to stay curious about our specialist subjects, the organisations we work for and the collections they look after. Curiosity keeps us fresh It keeps us on our toes. It keeps us relevant. We need to be continuously learning so that we can approach our work with the same curiosity of a four-year-old. Now, according to Todd Kashtan, he's the author of Curious, Discover the Missing Ingredients to a Fulfilling Life, curiosity is an engine of growth. 
He says that in order to find purpose and meaning in life, we need to be curious, experiment and learn from trial and error. He believes that curiosity allows us to lead more fulfilled lives, to be happier and to create lasting interests and passions. Likewise, if you're curious, then you're keeping your mind active. You're continuously asking questions. You're also opening up new possibilities that might be hidden under the surface. So how can you stay curious and keep wondering? I've put together a list of ideas to help us all stay curious. I've also added some fabulous ideas. These were crowdsourced from Twitter. A simple question I asked, what do you do to ensure you stay curious? Thanks to everyone who shared their thoughts to this question. So let's get started. The first way to stay curious is, as you might expect, to ask questions. Ask questions all the time. It's a great way to stay curious. Perhaps you could look at artworks or objects that you know well and look at them anew as if you haven't seen them before. Start asking yourself questions. What is that? Why is it made that way? When was it made? Who invented it? Where does it come from? How does it work? What, why, when, who, where and how are the best friends of curious people? Similarly, ask yourself questions about why you work the way you do, why you follow such and such a route on your tour perhaps, or why you work with certain artworks and objects. Keep asking yourself why until you get to an answer. Why am I doing it this way is a great question to ask yourself. If you find yourself answering, because I've always done it this way, then it may be it's just time to switch it up. Now, when you're with groups, obviously ask lots of open-ended questions. We know these promote longer, fuller and more thoughtful answers. And you'll be surprised and amazed at some of the responses you get. They will feed your curiosity about your subject again. Challenge yourself to ask a new or different question to see where it leads the group. Also, make a note of new questions that you want to try out with groups. Actively seek out opportunities for questioning and you will be forever curious. So number two, seek new opportunities for learning. Now, many of us are lifelong learners. That's why we do the jobs we do, as we love to learn and teach others too. But how can we stay in that curiosity zone we talked about last week, that space in between knowing nothing and knowing everything? Now, sometimes we become experts in our field and feel like we know enough, but you should be forever seeking out new opportunities in learning, perhaps even in fields you don't know as much about. You can read different things, maybe even from different fields. I run a lot of courses around a wide variety of subjects that I'm curious about, from developing skills such as our voices, our listening skills, to innovative methods and practices that can help to engage audiences. This keeps me curious and enthusiastic about my work. So perhaps you could subscribe to a new blog, read some new articles, 
or watch video clips outside of your specialist subject area and interests. This will inevitably inspire new thoughts and ideas. Now, maybe you always talk about certain themes on your tour. Maybe you always focus on a certain historical figure. Could you perhaps introduce any new themes or ideas into your programmes? Could you look at this historical figure from a different perspective, perhaps? Now, by looking at the themes and stories that you tell, you can start to see if you can make any adjustments so that you are not always talking about the same subjects and people. Stretching yourself to find new information or do new research could be the boost your curiosity needs. Number three, be interactive. Now, one of the easiest ways to ensure you stay curious is to make sure you never give the same program twice. So you can do this by encouraging and promoting interaction from your participants in your programs. Finding yourself in the same place at the same time, saying the same thing, kills off all curiosity about your subject. Learn new techniques and tools to help you create enjoyable and inspiring discussions on your programs. Invest in yourself and learn new ways to work with your participants. Ask open-ended questions, use thinking routines, all of these jumpstart discussions and make everyone feel part of the discovery process. Encourage everyone to speak by treating everyone's comments fairly and paraphrasing or restating for others to hear. Make your guests curious so that they ask you questions about what they want to know. And for more information on this, see last week's episode. Now, using discussion-based techniques, you will never find yourself in the same place at the same time saying the same thing again. And who wants to do that anyway? Number four, collaborate. As educators, we're often working alone or in parallel with other educators and our paths rarely cross. So make opportunities to get together with other educators, share ideas together. Maybe you could shadow someone else's guided tour or create a working group of a few educators to workshop new ideas together. Or you could join a community like my membership program and you could surround yourself with like-minded people who can inspire your curiosity and help you to wonder about your practice further. Number five, don't label certain artworks or objects as boring. Now, I've certainly thought this myself in the past. I've seen certain objects and quickly thought, oh, that's not going to work. But labelling something as boring or, to frame it better, non-engaging stops curiosity in its tracks. You're closing down possibilities. So what about if you challenged yourself to look at that object or artwork again and to find a hook that will engage an audience? So look at it again from all angles. Spend some time with it let questions bubble up, do some research and return to it. Don't leave it alone until you've found an engaging way to interact with it. Number six, 
step out of your comfort zone. Now, it's natural, of course, to want to stay within your comfort zone and the familiar, but changing things up can help us to welcome new perspectives and to not get stuck in a rut. So reevaluate continuously. Think about what you do and why you do it. If you always do the same route on a tour, think about how you could change it. I once did a tour backwards because I wanted to change things up and see how it would work. Now, this was definitely a step outside of my comfort zone, but it really made me aware of new possibilities and it gave me lots of ideas too. So if you always work with the same objects or artworks, think about changing it up a little. Try something new, perhaps, or a new way of approaching something that's familiar. Try a different activity or use different questions. You could even change your timings. So think about how long you spend with each artwork. Does it have to be five minutes at every stop? What about if you were to spend three or ten or 15 minutes somewhere? What if you slowed the pace down and then sped it up again? What's the worst that can happen? So try it out, experiment, watch your group closely and make notes. Refine it if need be and experiment again. Getting out of your comfort zone will really help you to discover the purpose of your work again. Seven, keep an open mind. So having an open mind is really important if you want to stay curious. You need to be open to learn, to unlearn and relearn. You may need to unlearn some practices, change up what you do and learn new ways of working. You should be open to new possibilities. So keep an open attitude to the new and unfamiliar things, ideas or people. Try a new sport, try a new hobby, take courses in subjects that are unfamiliar. Take on new challenges, stay open and curious. Number eight, notice everything. So cultivating the art of noticing and paying attention as you go about your daily life will pay dividends for your curiosity. We can cultivate our curiosity by improving our ability to look and to notice. When we're tuned in to noticing all the details around us, it's easier to be curious. Paying attention makes you eager. So look at everything around you, the floor, the trees, the houses, people, all the things. See the beauty in every day and keep looking. Now, some quick tips to stay curious from the Twitterverse. So Jess Vance suggests keeping a notebook handy to jot down ideas. She also recommends listening carefully to the nudges and suggestions from those she admires. Michelle Harrell recommends doing morning pages. This is from Julia Cameron's uh, The Artist's Way. Morning pages are a stream of consciousness journaling habit done first thing every morning on a daily basis. Michelle also has a later list in her bullet journal 
and she notes down ideas here. She says, capturing my wandering mind without going down rabbit holes balances my curiosity with a need to focus and keeps a sense of wonder in daily life. Becky Carlson suggests assuming you're wrong is a great way to stay curious. So, for example, with tricky discussions around sensitive subjects, instead of judging other people's notions, ideas and beliefs, try to wonder instead, what makes you think that? What's the value, belief and feeling behind that? What's your story? Having curiosity in this way builds connections and empathy. And finally, Margarita Sampaio suggests looking at things with a beginner's mindset. Now, having a beginner's mind can help you to stay open to learning, even if you are an expert. Beginner's mindset is the practice of setting aside your ideas, your opinions, your beliefs to look at something as if you are a beginner. This also implies that you approach something you think you have adequate knowledge about as if you were just starting out. And I'd love to come back to this in a future episode. So some great ideas there for how we can stay curious. Think about which ones of these you could implement in your practice and let me know how you get on. Thank you for listening today. And don't forget, every Friday, I send out my weekly newsletter full of inspiration and ideas. It's not just a newsletter. It's a carefully curated dose of inspiration for the curious. Now, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can sign up for the TM Weekly too. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.